It is the L-E-F-K-O-E, man, and you are listening to the sweetest sounds, the sultry tones, the boisterous boys, the Joint Practices Podcast. Get it, fellas. Yo! Welcome in to the Joint Practices Podcast. This is the podcast for fans. Bye, fans. Fans like me, I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter, at 11thegoat. Joined tonight by my buddy from another muddy, the OG Olive Garden pimp, Mr. Super Sticky Steve Knox, on the Twitter bird, at the Knox says. That would be me. Soupy in the house. This is episode 92. Percent? 92 percent. Kenny Fisher in the house tonight. And I'd like to bring in our third co-host of the night Yes, this is a surprise It's Kevin Pitsnoggle, ladies and gentlemen Uh, His mic's not working We'll have to get him on the next episode That would have been fun Sean actually accidentally gave him the controller that's not plugged in (laughs) Classic kid move (laughs) Yeah, use the Sega controller while we're playing Xbox (laughs) All right, we're here. Football is not, but we are. And this might be a little different episode than you guys are used to. But the state of the world, the state of this country, and the disgusting, disturbing things that are going on are just... It's gotten to a point where even this podcast, we need to do the right thing and we need to talk about Things we maybe not feel so comfortable about, but, you know, oh well. This stuff needs to be talked about. I'm talking about the social injustice going on. I don't know, Steve. It's going to be hard to talk about. Mostly because we are the white privilege side of things. Things come a lot easier to guys like me and you. But some of this stuff that's going on in our country is... Like, I can't go on Twitter right now. It's so hard to see and to watch. And, like, I just want to break down in tears sometimes. This this stuff is disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But I think you just um, brought up a great point about, you know, talking about things that make you feel uncomfortable and a little uneasy and make your stomach turn and realize, well, that's how everybody else, you know, Everybody of color, they live their day-to-day life. And so when you see the protests, you see the riots, you see the looting, and it gives you that upset feeling, then that's good. That means that those things are getting your attention. You know, maybe the voices are finally being heard after 400 years of, you know, the, the racial and social injustice in this country. So as tough as it is to look at, you should pay attention to it because it's bringing to light things that people have tried countless times in this country to do, and it continues to go right back to the same spot it's been at for a number of years. You go back to 1965 with the Martin Luther King stuff, a peaceful protest, a march in Washington that five minutes into it, the police break it up, start beating guys up with batons and stuff like that. When What are they doing? They're doing their... God-given right 
to assemble and to protest peacefully. And you're seeing the same kind of things happen. And to the same effect, sometimes the police are doing the right job or just having their presence there, and it gets escalated from the other side. And that's also wrong. So everybody kind of got to find an even ground here, a common ground, and realize, you know, the true stature of what everybody's trying to do here. Um, again, 1992 in L.A., April of 92, the whole Rodney King thing. I don't know how that guy survived the beating that he was given. Luckily, he was, you know, for the time. Again, not with us now, but um, that started some crazy riots in L.A., um, and here we are again, you know, another 20, 28 years later, doing it all over again. Um, it's time that we, uh, we all collectively pull our heads out of our asses and get this thing moving in the right direction. And man, you just, I, I think for me, it's just, you're not seeing enough from the people who are the leaders in our states and in this country stepping up and saying like we need police reform we need to do this we need to do that like we all need to sit together and have a conversation about this instead it's just sick the police on them sick the military on them that's not the way to fix this at all nope and there's a lot of layers to this but you know we can just go through this you know piece by piece as as they come up but one thing that really bothers me uh, when people talk, you know, about the protests and when people say all lives matter, because in most people's minds, they're just, when they say that, they're negating any hardships that, you know, the black community goes through every day. Like, I saw it just last week. We went to a car dealership and... My wife was looking at a truck and literally the guy said, the keys are in it. Go ahead and take it for a ride. Not 30 yards from us, there was a young black kid looking at another vehicle and asked if he could go for a test drive. The guy literally made one of his mechanics stop what he was doing and go with him. He was going to let the white couple take the truck anywhere we wanted on a test drive by ourselves. But the young black kid, he wasn't going to let friggin' open the door to the Jeep. My wife spotted it, and she pointed it out. And it really bothered me. All lives can't matter until black lives matter, until we stop as a culture, as a country, as a world, you know, treating them differently because their color of their skin. It's not like there's a, a fucking button in the womb that you can press and be like, Am I going to be black or white or brown or green? It, you know, you're born in the skin you're born in. And that should not make you a different, you know, treated differently, act differently. We're all people. We're all human beings. Some of us have light skin. Some of us have dark skin. We should all be treated the same. We should all treat each other the same. I'm getting heated. Yeah. That would, it would be nice if that, you know, it, it was easy as it, it sounds and it's just, you come back to, you know, that whole situation and it brings up that idea of white privilege, you know, that, you know, when you think that 
something's not a problem because you're not affected personally, I think is something that people just need to get past. It's like, look, the cops, you know, unjustfully, well, I'm not even going to say anything. The, the cops in Minneapolis murdered a black man for allegedly using a fake $20 bill. If, if you and I were in that situation where we were in possession of a fake $20 bill, it probably would have been like a handed over. They'd look at it, and if they said, yeah, it's that's fake, they'd probably put us in cuffs and take us down, and we'd probably pay a fine, and that Move night on. be back home with our families. Be telling that um, story at parties. Yeah, it's so it's uh, it's yeah, it's so it's so stupid that you know I I didn't, and I don't care if it if the shoes on the other foot like if there's a black cop that's got a white guy on the ground doing the same thing, like yes okay there's an issue there there's an issue with any cop unjustfully you know hurting or killing uh, any American it's just silly. But I think we need to realize that no matter what's going to happen, like there's always going to be, you know, the bad egg in the basket somewhere down the line. But we can't, you know, eclipse everybody in that same picture. It's the same thing with all this looting stuff that's going on. You know, there are people that are down there that are doing this that have, you know, they have no reason to even be there other than they're angry that they've been cooped up in their house for the last three months. And yeah. now this is their way to get their anger out. So I don't condone the rioting, the looting, but I understand where they're coming from. So eventually, look at look at us as parents. If you don't show your child enough attention, or they're you know they're looking, dad, hey dad, dad, you know, what happens eventually when you don't show them the attention they need? They freak out, you know, they lash out, they have a temper tantrum, whatever. This is kind of the same thing that's happening here. Time and time and time and time again, they say, you know, look at us. Like, look what's happening to our community. Guys taking knees in the football fields. You know, guys wearing I can't breathe shirts in the NBA. Stuff like that. Like, they've been trying to get your attention. You're just not listening. So, Malcolm this is Jenkins, where we all, yeah, you're not we all, listening. You all need to get back on the same page and do better for each other. And it, I just wanted to, I'll say this, and I, I'm sure you agree with me, but r- racism is not a controversial topic. There's only one side to be on. If you think that this whole situation with social injustice and you know the violence that's happening against the African-American community, <laughs> you're part of the problem. There is no controversy. It's... It's racism. Racism is racism. There's, you're either racist or you're not. There's no controversy about this topic. It is racism. Now stop it. Don't be, don't be fucking racist. It's, it's, it's not a difficult uh, thing. I mean, maybe it depends on your upbringing. I don't know, but just for me, like I grew up in a almost exclusively white town. Um, that didn't stop me from the first time I came in contact with, you know, people of my age of a different skin color that I thought differently of them. I just, I mean, I've always just wanted to be friends with everybody from the get-go, so. Um, I think we just need to have that mentality, yeah. I'm, I stand against racism, and that's 
where the conversation should end. And if you can't get on board with that, then, I mean, it's okay to do some, some educating and uh, realize that changing your opinion after getting some information should be a normal thing and you shouldn't be afraid to do it. Yeah. Like you said, like people come are brought up in all parts of the world, different situations. You know, just because your grandparents might be racist doesn't mean you can't do the right thing. Doesn't mean you can't stand up for, you know, could be a coworker. It you know, it's 2020. We have millions of blended families, okay? Black people and white people are getting married. They're having kids. It's 100% normal. It's freaking two human beings, okay? We need to get over this stigma that it's weird, that it's whatever these people are feeling. Like, for me and you to talk about it, it's, you know, it's easy because we're like, hello, we're not fucking racist. If you're black, you're black. You're white, you're white. But we are also, because of this whole situation starting to understand their side and their struggles. And, you know, when we were younger, we might not have seen it. Obviously, we didn't have the social media and, you know, the access we do now. But just in the last, like, two weeks, it's been such an eye-opening experience for me where, like, I always thought I was doing my part by caring for everyone, like, befriending everyone and not you know, treating people different because their skin color. But now, you know, this whole thing, and I don't know if anybody listening has seen the video Emmanuel Acho has posted. Steve's retweeted it, posted on Facebook. I've retweeted it. It's a powerful video. I suggest anybody that is white and wants to help out or just wants to be more educated on the subject please watch this video it's i've watched it two or three times just today it's pretty powerful it's but we all need to do more comfortable conversation with a black man is the name something of it? like that yeah very fitting for real watch this video and if it doesn't change your perspective then you know i don't know if there's hope for you at all but i guess the message from this podcast is do your part, have those tough conversations, you know, reach out to people that you might know, friends, family, you know, that might be of color, just check in on them. How are they doing? You know, are they struggling in their day-to-day life and how can you help? I know for me, I have a nephew of color. I'm scared for him. Like, I don't even, like, I want to, like, send him a message in. At the same time, I'm scared. Like, what do I say? What does Uncle Sean say? How do I make him, you know, feel safer? Or help him feel safer? <sighs> I mean, I'm in the same boat, too, because my wife's nephew is, is also of color, living in Florida. Uh, once this coronavirus stuff clears up, is actually entering the military, so... Probably one of the best courses of action, I guess, for a young man of color at this point. <laughs> best way to protect yourself, because, again, you can be mistaken for anything, and it's, it's such a damn shame. But we're uh, you know, tying this racism thing with 
this blackout Tuesday stuff that uh, people have been doing, which I don't really understand, but I guess anything helps. But the uh, Washington football team getting dragged into the conversation. Uh, about time this has come back up. Yeah, this is a good time for this to come up. You know, listening to this podcast, we do not refer to them as the Washington team name. We just call them the Washington football team. I don't know if you saw the tweet. They tweeted a blackout Tuesday thing, and uh, AOC retweeted at them. She's like, if you want to do something for racial injustice, you should change your name. Dude, hit it on the head. That's needs to be done. You can find something far more fitting for your team. I can guarantee it. Yep. And guess what? You're also going to sell a shit ton of new merch. So don't be afraid, Dan Schneider. And I don't want to get too negative, but I'm just going to throw this out here. This podcast averages between 30 and 45 listeners per episode, which is cool for us. We're just two dorks. But if you're listening to this and you don't agree with what we're saying and you don't think racism is a problem, I want you to go ahead on to Apple Podcasts and you can unsubscribe on Google or TuneIn or Blueberry or Spotify or iHeartRadio. Just go ahead and unsubscribe, uncomment, unlike, unshare. We just don't want to, we just don't want to, what am I trying to say? We don't. We don't need people like that around here, okay? We're trying to build a community of people that love football and want to talk about football as fans. And when you're talking about football, you're talking about white people and you're talking about black people and you're talking about Asian people, whatever your race. They put the uniform on, we root for them regardless of color. If you can't get on board with that, this is no place for you, my friend. Move along. Simply to wrap it up, Malcolm X once said, and I, for one, will join in with anyone. I don't care what color you are, as long as you want to change this miserable condition that exists on this earth. And that could not be truer for these times as well. Super glad we had this talk. Needed to be done. Needed to be done. And thank you guys for listening. I know it might sound like the rambling of two white kids who live in Maine, but guess what? Both Steve and I want to help. We want to do our part. We know now that it sitting by and letting the you know black community, brown community, African-American community, however you want to say it, just watching them protest, watching them, you know, write what are they called? Essays that, you know, they post public essays, whatever those are. They're doing their part to try to, you know, give themselves equality with everyone else. And this has been going on for, like Steve said, like 60 years. Nothing has changed. So it's our it's our turn. It's our turn to stand up for our fellow man and women and change the world, because I believe our generation can do it. And we will. So everybody else, I want to see you guys step up too. You know, do whatever you can. 
help however you can. If you need resources, they're very easy to find. Blacklivesmatter.com. There's tons of links. I was on there the other day. I must have signed 60 different petitions. It's as easy as that. I mean, as much as I wanted to go to one of the protests, I really wanted to, my kids to see like what was going on and help them understand. I mean, they're five and eight. They're not really comprehending the full magnitude of this, but I'm hoping by the time they're our age, they're going to be living in a better world. So, oh, without a doubt, all we can do at this point is just teach them to respect everybody for who they are, and you know, from then on out, it's I guess it's their choice. So, you can try to tell them what to do after that, but. Um, I, I mean, I've got the same kind of situation, except my children, much younger, you know, four and one, so they have no idea what's going on, but uh, I'll be sure to use this time in history as a teaching point for them at some point, because I'm, you know, I'm sure down the road they're going to uh, have questions, and we'll, uh, we'll have a very deep and meaningful conversation about the whole thing. All right, Steve, we did the thing. I feel better. I feel... Yes. I feel better. That doesn't mean our work is done, though. Not but let's all. talk some football. That's what we're here for. We had the hard talk. Now let's have the fun talk. Because, right on brand, the NFL decides that there will be no joint practices this year. Damn it! <laughs> It's the only joint practices you'll find it's right here on this podcast. The podcast for fans, by fans. By the way, holy crap, I was listening to an Eagles podcast the other day, and one of their sponsors is some Eagles website, and they call it the, the place for fans, by fans, and I almost crashed on the bridge that connects Maine to New Hampshire. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with that. That's Ours. That's our slogan. But yeah, uh, NFL announced that training camps must be held at the team facility uh, due to the fact that it's going to be incredibly difficult to maintain two facilities at the same time. So the teams will hold training camps at their facility, not elsewhere. Yeah, there were 10 teams uh, last year in the NFL that traveled away from their own facility in order to hold uh, training camps. So thanks to uh, the coronavirus and, you know, people traveling, trying to keep them in a bubble as best they can, they're staying at home this year. True that. I know we have the whole social injustice thing that's exploded onto the scene right now, but... Let us not forget that the coronavirus is still at large, wreaking havoc on our country, our world. So if you're out there protesting, we're going to ask you to just be safe. Remember to wear your mask, wash your hands, sanitize, all that stuff. That's one of the scariest things about it is you just don't know now, you know, does this affect the coronavirus as well? Oh my gosh, going to have to lock it back down. 
everything yeah. gets back under control. But right when they uh, were about to open all the states and everything, yep. scary. They said there Crazy would be a second wave, and it sounds like this is gonna help. Yep. All right. That sucks. No joint practices, so we don't get our namesake. You know what else sucks? It's the uh, rules committee has tabled the uh, fourth and fifteen twice a game thing instead of onside kick. That's so, so dumb. Yeah. Uh, big time bummer. God forbid football be fun. Yeah, let's let's take solace though with the fact that they're also tabling the pass interference review. Um, I, I you know, in principle, it's a great idea. I think the way that they executed it was terrible, and it was more like the, it you know. We we need to see like it was absolutely blatant pass interference or else the play stands the way it's called so yeah i think they did a poor job of making that something that could have helped the game and i think it again is going to rear its ugly head when we get another one of those Nikhil roby coleman plays um but yeah we had another uh couple of what three rules that were uh changed the mm-hmm. playing rules um Philadelphia, the Eagles making some news. They're amending Rule 15, Section 2 to make permanent the expansion of automatic replay reviews to include scoring plays and turnovers negated by a foul in any successful or unsuccessful try attempt. As we were talking before, the Dallas Goddard Rule. hi Yep. Goddard got screwed out of a very long touchdown against the Cowboys in which he was smashed in his helmet by the defender and his Dallas Goddard's helmet pops off. He spins out of it and runs like 60 yards for the touchdown and it's negated by an offensive pass interference call that didn't exist, by the way. So So now, automatically replayed. If... If you score at all now, it's re- it's reviewed automatically, even if it's negated by a foul. So, that's good news. Absolutely. Um, and then we've got another one here by the competition committee. They're expanding uh, defenseless player protection to kickoff and or punt returners who are in possession of the ball but have had not had time to avoid or ward off the impending contact of an opponent. So basically, if you're not understanding that ridiculous wording, thank you, NFL, <laughs> it's when a guy's return receiving a punt or a kickoff. It's mostly on punts that this happens, but as soon as he catches, the ball touches his body, he gets absolutely mollywopped by the defender. This rule is basically saying you have to let the guy catch it and, I guess, make a football move. I would assume. I mean, he's got to at least be able to look like he's trying to squirm out of a hit, uh, I think, or else this is going to end up being a 
15 yard penalty so Ooh. should be interesting um and uh, let's see the last playing rule that's been uh adapted here prevents teams from manipulating the game clock by committing multiple dead ball fouls while the clock is running. This is the old... Uh, Mikey Vrabel. Yeah, Bill Belichick taught the whole league that you could run time off the clock there at the end of the half or the end of the game by taking false starts or delay of games. Um, and then Mike Vrabel threw it back in his face in the playoffs last year. But... No longer, I guess, I'm assuming that if you're in the lead and you, you know, have one of these dead ball fouls, you don't get the runoff. But if you're trailing, I'm sure that the, the runoff is still going to exist. And uh, lastly, we had a bylaw that was also approved here, uh, the league office increases the number of players that may be designated for return from two to three. It incorporates uh, interpretations applicable to bye weeks during the regular season and postseason. Basically, this just means if you have multiple guys coming off of IR, uh, you can now bring back three at a time rather than just two or three total, whatever it is. I'm really just miffed that they tabled that 4th and 15 rule. I mean, they stated it would only be able to be used twice a game. I think it, it would just make for an... Because ex- if you don't get it, the other team's getting the ball at at least their own 25-yard line. Like, holy shit. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I heard a lot of defensive players coming out and saying that they didn't, they didn't like the idea just because it's one of those... Like, would you rather be, you know, as like a defensive back, would you rather be thrown out there on the hands team on an onside kick or would you rather be trying to fend off a fourth and 15 with the game on the line? Like, you know, you kind of feel like you get screwed if it's fourth and 15, you get called for pass interference and, you know, suddenly it completely changes the perspective of the game. So, I mean, when you see the sticks defense. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) seriously, like you could see defenses where you don't even line up guys on the line. They just put out like, you know, (laughs) 10 guys out there that can can cover and just don't let them get 15 yards. Like, yep, exactly. It would be be interesting. But yeah, maybe this one will come back up. This is the second year in a row that they've uh, that teams have proposed this kind of idea. So they either need to make some sort of adjustment to the kicking rules in, in regards to the onside kick or they need to move to something like this because I mean when you're looking at like 12% or less of you know these onside attempts it, in most cases they need multiple you know onside kicks in order to get back in the game so you know for the most part I think it was like six of the eight that were recovered last year the team still needed another possession after that to even tie or win the game. So, yeah, um, it's just yeah, it's it's very difficult if you get down, you know, multiple scores to make that comeback anymore. Yeah, it's a bummer. 
I got really excited. It made it like the figureheads made this sound like it was going to be come to fruition. So I got excited about it and now it's not. So bummer, bummer. That's a bummer. Indeed. Well, right. Well, as of 7, 12 p.m. tonight, defensive tackle Timmy Jernigan, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, no longer expected to sign with the Texans. So, that's interesting. Very much. Three years in Philly. He was injury plagued, but, you know, when he was healthy, he was pretty decent defensive tackle, especially next to Fletcher Cox in the Super Bowl season. He was supposed to go to Houston on a one-year, $3.25 million deal. And I don't know what happened, but he said, you know what? Peace. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, continue to get interesting. There's still a lot of guys out there that don't have jobs that certainly deserve to be on rosters right now. So, Yeah. Speaking of somebody who's no longer on a ro- well, he's no longer on a roster. Uh, the Luke Eakley placed on the reserve slash retired list today by the Carolina Panthers. Um, they did this after June first, which allows them to spread out that dead cap hit among the uh, twenty twenty and the twenty twenty one caps. So Keekley, uh, his retirement is official now um again a guy that walking away from the game it seems you know in his prime only eight seasons um but i unfortunately i think this is going to be something we're going to see much more of it's just as the strength and speed of the game you know continues to grow it's just hard to imagine you know you're not going to see guys that are uh that suffer, you know, multiple concussions throughout their career and end up deciding, you know what, it's just, just can't do it anymore. It's not worth, not worth the, uh, the risk to my health in the future. Yeah. You're also going to see guys that retire early, even without injury history, just because they don't want the after effects of a long career. You saw this start to sway. I don't know. How long has it been? Since the 49ers revolt of, Jesus, what was it, 2012? And, like, all their young guys just decided to retire because they didn't want to be oh, hurt. Yeah. You, can, you could even go back to Barry Sanders. Like, that was a, a holy shit moment. Barry Sanders retired. Everybody's like, the guy's in his prime. What's he doing retiring? But... Another uh, another Detroit Lion, you know, you talk about Calvin Johnson, Megatron. I still go back and watch his highlights, and I'm just like, this guy was unbelievable. Like, he just looks like, you know, a different breed of human against the guys that he's lining up against. Uh, not not surprising, you know, once you see a couple clips that this was a guy that went up for over 2,000 receiving yards. Just crazy and uh i mean it what could have been i guess for for his overall numbers for his career if he stuck around but 
I mean, you might get sick of losing in Detroit, too. <laughs> For show. All right, we did have a question come in from an avid listener. Also happens to sleep directly beside me at night. <laughs> My beautiful wife, who listens to every episode, so cheers to you. She wants to know how we feel about the... NFL potentially pumping crowd noise into games for games without fans. For me, I think it would be cool if we could have the players mic'd up, but I think that opens a whole can of worms for the PC side of football. Because you know, there's those times during games when we're like, oh, they didn't shut the mic off in time. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if that would work, but as far as pumping crowd noise in, I don't know, like, you would have to have, like, a league official regulate that, because, I mean, the home team could just crank the volume at all times while the other team's on the field. Yeah, like, I've heard about the, the, you know, this proposition, and I don't know that it's more of a in-stadium thing versus a production thing because even you know early on with like the you know some of the world series some of the super bowls and stuff from early on um those games are being broadcast from you know places away from where the games are being played and they would you know subsequently pump crowd noise in you know where where it needed to be you know pumped in like a laugh track or whatever but i think the idea of like pumping it into the stadiums during the game is just i don't know it's a bit disingenuous to the environment you're you're uh i don't know (laughs) as a football player i just it would just seem weird like if they're not gonna have any fans in this in the stands it's just you know, it's white noise that you're just like, why? Why does this need to be here? Might as well just I, have I, the radio on. Yeah, I, I feel like if they were to go in that direction and pump it into the, the actual stadiums, it's going to take a couple weeks and then everybody's going to be like, this is stupid. Let's stop doing this. Yeah, I mean, I guess when I heard it, I liked the idea because watching on TV, you would have that aesthetic, I guess. But as far as being there at the game, I can see where that would kind of trouble the players or, you know, it's not a genuine reaction. So it's literally a guy on a soundboard. Like the, like when I think of crowd noise during the game, I'm thinking like they're at the line of scrimmage and just the, you know, the rumble of the crowd, like. When you start thinking about like a pivotal first down, somebody gets a first down or, you know, a long bomb touchdown, like, are they going to have like 30 different crowd reactions programmed in and ready to go or? Yeah, who knows? I don't know how they would actually decide to go about it. But like you said, I mean, when you see like one of those really big plays, I think like watching it on TV the biggest thing you notice is like the crowd noise will like shake the camera. Yeah. 
you know, the place is going so crazy, like the, the actual camera shake. That for me is going to be the only thing that's weird. Um, because from an actual TV standpoint, when you have one of those big plays, you almost get the reaction from the guy, you know, doing the play by play that kind of limits your ability to hear what's going on with the crowd. Now take, for instance, in the Minneapolis Miracle. Like you watch what happened and you you hear Joe Buck with the digs, sideline, touchdown, you know, like that's what I remember from that play. But going back and you watch videos of the people that were there that were recording with their phones and you just hear this just just like crazy roar. You didn't hear that on TV. Nope. So, I mean, it's it, obviously there's a likelihood that there's going to be nobody in the stands. I know there's been talks in some places like they're saying they would allow like quarter capacity or whatever. Um, we're going to see what happens there. But again, it's not I don't think it's weird for us watching it on TV. I mean, if you're that guy that's operating a camera out there somewhere and you see a play go off and you're like, wow, it's uh, crickets. That's 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 awkward. <laughs> yeah, they're probably going to think it's strange, but I th- I don't honestly think it's going to be that impactful for football. Um, for me, a game like baseball, if they ever get their heads out of their asses and actually play a season. I think that would be weird. And I think that the guy who's calling, you know, the game is going to have a difficult time knowing, you know, when there's a home run being hit or a close to a home run being hit, that the ball was hit that well. Yeah. Because a lot of the times you get that instant pop from the crowd. Like you hear the crack of the bat and the crowd just goes nuts because they see where it's going. It's not always that easy to see when you're, you know, sitting at the top of the stadium in a in a box. So, yeah. Interesting, interesting things that happen in the world. But as we move closer to the summer, we are moving closer to actual football things taking place. Hopefully teams will be allowed to report fairly soon. Teams will be able to start doing team activities. All this stuff we are looking forward to immensely just football stuff to talk about as we get closer to the season of course we will do like predictions and i think i have an idea for a show maybe in the future we'll have maybe we'll have a guest on again we'll do something like we did with the quarterback rankings but i was thinking how about like uh fantasy some something to do with fantasy our who we think is going to score the most points at each position type thing. Yeah, that, that would be interesting. It'd be fun. Just got to spice it up a little, you know? We're just throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks at this point. Because sticky shit is good shit. That's good shit. It's like done spaghetti to the wall or whatever it is you say. Oof, like spaghetti stuck to the wall, baby. <laughs> You know how we roll. It's all about the Benjamins. <laughs> Rolling with the big thugs who like to eat bugs. <laughs> you know, see, you know. All right. I think that's going to do it for episode 92. 
We thank you guys for listening. Hit us up on Twitter at Joint Practices. I'm at 11 the goat. Steve is at the Knox says. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. (laughs) Sean already brought up all the platforms that we have listed here. You know, wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button. Maybe a five star rating. Write a little review. Share it with your friends. Most importantly, take care of your friends, take care of your family, stick up for one another, and love each other as human beings, because that's all we are. We'll move forward and uh, make this place a better better living area for all of us. Um, fittingly, use the hashtag Black Lives Matter on the Twitter bird. Whether you're speaking to us or whether you're speaking to anybody else, uh, yeah, stick up for each other. This is bullshit. We need to fix it. Yep. And guess what? I'm going to go out even further on what Steve said. We want you guys to go out and we want you to tweet the hashtag Black Lives Matter. Don't attach it to the show. We're not going to use it for the show. We just want you to go out there and show you care. There are millions of people searching that hashtag all day. And to see all the different people supporting you know spreading the word spreading love and equality it's going to go a long way we all have to do our part we just have to suck it up as uncomfortable as it may be it's the right thing to do so be genuine and just treat everybody with respect regardless of the color of their skin and fly eagles fly skull vikings we is out. See you. Bye-bye. <laughs> I love to see you. Bye. I look forward to it every week.